I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. School of Humans. Oh my God. It is another episode of Cadaver Gals, the show where we talk about all the ways you can die for us to cope with our own mortality. I don't think it works, but that's okay. We're still going to be doing it, fear mongering, having a good time. Okay, I'm your host, Gabby, along with Nika. Hi. And Taylor. Hello. Also known as Taylor. Before we start, I wanted to tell y'all something really important, which is I was having a bad day because it's so like gross outside. No. It's like grim yeah. and rainy. Uh, but then I remembered that I have four inch platform boots that are iridescent. So I put those on and I'm like, how the heck could I not be happy with these shoes? Wait, I want to see them. They're kind of muddy yeah, right now because I haven't fixed them, bleached them again. Oh, <laughs> those, those are, are beautiful. Nice. Uh, we'll post a picture of those on, on Instagram for everyone yeah. to see. And that's what I was thinking about. Like, it's good to be grateful and stuff for the things that you have. And that can make you feel better. Oh, my gosh, Gabby. This is like a very weird, earnest moment for you. But I'm saying specifically be grateful if you have iridescent four-inch platform boots. I want right? some. When we're rich, that will be our merch item. Oh, yeah. Taylor's like horse girl, you know, unicorn vibes. Like that fits you perfectly, Taylor. <laughs> so anyway, be grateful, y'all, especially if you have these type of shoes because they're cool. Anyway. That's like extremely specific. I don't think that'll work for everyone. But thanks, Gabby. Okay. You know what? I'm working on... It. my degree 
in psychology. No, I'm not. But I am going to be like Dr. Phil, who's not actually a doctor. Anyway. Oh, I talk about Dr. Phil today. Sorry. Oh, my Continue. God. Wow. Yeah. So that brings us to the part where we say what we're going to talk about, which is we're going to be talking about a dog with a drug problem. Um, and then we're also obviously going to be going to Florida. Obviously. Because that's where you go when dogs have drug problems. Absolutely. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen in Florida, but Nika's going to tell us something crazy that happened. Uh, a hint is uh, eating people. Love Florida. And also, I'll be going on some tangents about some hoaxes that are related to the things that we're vaguely talking about. So it's going to be a good time. Today's content and trigger warnings include pet death, uh, Taylor crying because of a pet death. Well, I don't <laughs> even know if it's a death. We'll see. Drug use, animal maulings, cannibalism, decaying corpses, murder, and Florida, heaven forbid. And Dr. Um, Phil. And Dr. Phil, <laughs> watch out. So anyway, thanks for joining us for another episode of Cadaver Gals. We'll get into it after our theme music. Oh, yeah. As always, we sang along with the theme song. As always, we're predictable. What can I say? But we are going to now hear a story from Taylor, and we're going to see if she can get through it without crying. This is a test. It is a test that I will likely fail. Um, this is a test because that's what Gabby's learning in psychology, Dr. Phil's psychology school. Yeah, exactly. It's make sure that your friends talk about triggering things and then try to get them to not cry. I'm pretty sure that's the exact opposite of therapy. Just like bottle things in. I think this is Freudian. So mm. I'm going back to Freud methods because, you know, he was right. Great. That's what they say. Okay. Anyway, Taylor. Bit, okay. Can I tell I'll my story? I'll stop bragging about my genius. Yes, okay. go ahead. Um, as Gabby just said, it's going to be hard for me. But you know what? I'm doing it for all you cadaver pals out there. So. All of you vibrators out there. All of you. Sorry. Five cadaver listeners. So we all work in the film and TV industry. I've really only done one documentary, which I really kind of hate doing them, but it, it's often like a longer period of time. The crews are smaller and all the things that you would normally do and like and have you don't always have. So anyway, basically, I would have a heart attack filming like Tiger King. You've got guns, tigers, things like that. Really stressful for a producer. So this is a story that goes back to 2017. A film crew was at this 47 year old man's house. His name was Mario. They were filming a documentary series for the BBC called Drugs Map of Britain. It's a show, a documentary series where they go through different parts of the UK mapping specific areas and their drug of choice. Their drug of choice. Yes. Mine's melatonin. <laughs> this particular episode was cocaine. So they're filming, I guess Mario had been doing cocaine, which... After that, he begins to have a seizure. From, oh, no. From what is wow. assumed oh to be gosh. a result of this drug use. Did they have a set medic? Um, no, that's what I'm saying about documentaries. Is like you don't always right. have this. Given this like was like a BBC documentary series, so they probably had more than you would for those like Tiger King type documentaries, if you know what I mean. 
Are you saying there's no money in documentaries and therefore they cut corners? I don't. What a surprise. I don't know about the specific incident or situation. I don't know. I'm rich off of the podcast game, the nonfiction <laughs> yeah. okay, podcast. Gabby. Look at me. I'm a yeah. rich. Also, Taylor, can you please clarify? Are you saying that cocaine is bad for you? Cocaine is not something that is good for you. Therefore, <laughs> okay. it is bad for you. <laughs> Therefore, vis-a-vis, it's bad. Um, anyway. Great. Dr. Taylor, wow, you're going to take away all of my professional knowledge from me. <laughs> well, okay, so obviously this is already a bad situation, right? Yes. Mario's not doing so hot. He's, he's, he's having a seizure. Well, I hope they stopped filming. All of the articles that I read... They did not get very specific, but the film crew did jump into action. But first, Mario's dog, Major, who is a Staffordshire Terrier, sees his owner having this seizure fit and lunges straight for the owner's throat, mauling him in front of the film crew. So somebody from the film crew, oh. they're like calling 911 trying to, or whatever it is in England. They're calling to get an ambulance, they're calling the police, you know, other people in the film crew are are trying to get the dog off of the owner. He's like latched onto his throat. So Oh yeah, I, I don't like that at all. I like not like your neck is like so fragile. Like there's so many important things going on in there, and it's just like this tiny little like skin enclosure that's holding up like your huge ass head like i don't oh my gosh okay <laughs> that was like the worst way of describing a neck <laughs> that's your tiny skin enclosure and it holds up your bobble head like that's terrible taylor it is terrible um, no taylor's a doctor nika right, she knows right, what course. she's talking about well it's just funny because last ep- last week's episode we mentioned how sensitive the throat and the neck is and how that's what's important to choke people correctly and now it's like this dog mauled its owner grabbed onto the neck which is funny because there's also a mauling in my story um that's that's so funny it's not funny funny. i did i do not like it the throat eh. anyway i mean the most insane part about it for me is that it's like mario and major like it sounds like a sitcom sounds like a disney sitcom well it definitely wasn't a sitcom (laughs) but a drug documentary um (laughs) i can't tell the difference honestly sometimes taylor only the facts (laughs) taylor only the facts church all right, back to the back scene. To the scene. He's getting mauled. So, the filmmakers are like, oopsies, what the hell? The police, the ambulance, they're on the way, but it takes them like 30 minutes to get there. And this part like confuses me a lot. Like in all of the articles that I read, it specified, it said that it took the cops 10 minutes to get into the apartment because of like the way the door was locked or something. But I'm like, I guess the film crew was unable to lock it from the inside because like other articles said that they were like trapped inside for like 10 minutes. So it like took it took them like 10 minutes to break down the door so that they could get into the scene. So that's like that's I guess that makes sense. If you're like a drug dealer, you probably have a lot of locks. I'm just assuming or I don't know about Mario. Actually, I don't know what's up with him, but I assume you know, probably if you have lots of drugs, you're going to make sure people don't get in. I mean, yeah, but also PSA, that's like a huge fire hazard. Like if there's a fire and you can't find the key or have a way to get out of your apartment, that's a, that's a problem. Anyway, also what's a hazard is having a lot of cocaine in your apartment. True, and your system. So anyway, the police and the ambulance get there. Mario's rushed to the hospital where he dies from a crushed larynx, which 
eh. just like really freaks me out. Oh. The whole throat thing. Just so it was the dog. It was the dog. Why would the dog attack him like that if that's his owner? That's so sad. So Major, the dog, gets taken in. Obviously, they're like, what's going on? Why did this happen? This dog wasn't known to do that. So they run some tests to see what the heck. Turns out Major was high as a kite. Oh. He was eight times the drug drive limit, which I didn't know that was really a, a thing. Like He could drive? Well, the the human limit was he was eight times that. Obviously, there is no dogs don't drive. So, um, okay. So they did a urinalysis to determine that the dog had consumed cocaine and morphine. So the dog was clearly in an altered state. So it was kind of assumed that he saw his owner seizing and then just kind of like lost it. I don't know if the dog was put down or not. So that is kind of the tea. But I do want to mention, because you know me and my animals and my dogs and things. Oh, we know. So this was a Staffordshire Terrier, and these breeds get a bad reputation. But I want to quickly clarify about these, all of these breeds, these pit bulls and, and whatnot. First of all, pit bulls are actually not technically a breed, but they kind of like refer to a kind of dog. So, like, they're referring to, like, one of the following breeds. They're either, like, an American Pit Bull Terrier, American Staffordshire Terrier, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, and American Bully. So, they all kind of have these, like, you know, square heads. They're muscly. They're adorable. Yeah. I was about (laughs) to say, is the kind of dog that we're talking about just, like, extremely cute? Like, if I look at an extremely cute dog, I'm like, that's a Pit Bull? Well, yeah, so... Because they're adorable. So, a lot of people just, they just call them, they just call them a Pit. That just is kind of a way of saying they're one of these, like, beefy breeds that, you know, people associate negatively. So, oftentimes, people just completely misbreed them, and they just say that these this is a Pit Bull, but so many times, they're, like, majority something else. Like, my parents had this dog who, he looked... Most people would say he was a pit, but he we did like one of those DNA tests or whatever, and it said that he was like mostly a beagle. So white people love doing those DNA tests, said lovingly. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> sure. It's, true. it's like, yes, that is correct. That's correct. Yeah. We no, do do that. <laughs> um, or at least I do. So anyway, it's just a generic term that people use often misusing that term. Anyway, also in my humblest of opinions, I feel like you know where I'm going with this. It's not necessarily that these dogs are bad. I think that it's more there are bad dog owners. So bad behaviors are either like allowed, they are allowed to carry out these um, behaviors or they're like learned. Like taking cocaine, you know, like that's a learned behavior from a dog. Well, yes, learned, but also like, for example, if you leave stuff, like if you leave like a plate of food out and your dog eats the food or something, then they like... If they don't get disciplined properly, then they, I feel like I'm going to – I don't know that much about all of that. But you you see where I'm going, I guess. Sure, Taylor. Anyway. Dog expert. <laughs> anyway. So, like, if you leave out a plate of cocaine, that's the owner's like, fault that it's going to get into it, you know? Look, if yeah, you leave – dogs be sniffing. Like, truly, if you think about it, the perfect cocaine addict – are dogs it's, because yeah, they just right. sniff all the time. That's all they do. It's about yeah, you know, they really are. I feel like it's it's about how responsible the owner is. So like if you're leaving drugs out 
for the dog to get, or you're leaving these things out um, that they can get into, then that's problematic. But I'm also, I'm not trying to victim blame Mario. You know, stuff just is happening. You know, you're on drugs, like you start to get a little irresponsible, that kind of stuff. I suppose it happens. But these cute little puppy dogs are super strong and muscly. So yes, often people use them for protection. And so the aggressive behavior can be taught, you know? That's why, like, your little dog Gus is so aggressive because he's an attack dog. Oh, yeah. You know, you taught him all of those maneuvers of, like, sitting in people's laps. Yeah, while Very wearing, aggressive. like, a taco hat. So aggressive. <laughs> yeah. He does have a taco hat. In sum, don't leave your morphine and cocaine out for the dog to get. Also, PSA, I just want to mention that there are other typical household drugs that you probably have in your house that are extremely toxic to dogs, such as Advil, Motrin, Tylenol, antidepressants, sleep aids, and ADD medication, and so many more. If your dog has consumed any of these, take them to the vet, stat. And lastly... Or meth. Well, yes. I know so many dogs on Prozac, another white people thing. I mean, you got to like go to the vet and get that prescribed. I take my dog's Prozac. It should be fine, right? (laughs) The last thing I will say to all of this is to adopt and don't shop. And my little angel, Gus, was a shelter boy. He's the greatest thing to ever hit the planet. So now I'm going to go cry thinking about how much I love him. Well, thank you, Taylor. And thank you for getting through that. Nary a tear has been shed yet. My eyes are just wet. They're just a little wet. Yeah. Um, but aren't we all? (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about animals on drugs after the break. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, welcome back to Cadaver Gals. Uh, Taylor has jumped off of her soapbox <laughs> PSA, animal PSA moment. And we're going to talk about some other animals on drugs because I think here on Cadaver Gals, it's important to get to the bottom of the truth, even if the truth is explained a little badly and slightly inaccurately, you know, so that we can make jokes and draw parallels to our own lives. But, you know... That story was sad as heck that the dog was on cocaine, um, and that was a true sad tale. But I want you all to know, because you've all been wondering, that meth gators are not real. <laughs> what? I know. Wow. You might be thinking to yourself, I've never, ever thought that alligators were on meth. But the truth is, you have been thinking that this whole time. In fact, it's the only thought you've ever had. So let's get down to business. <laughs> Get, well, let's get I, to business here. I remember here. meth gators being a thing. Like, I was in high school and there was news that came out, and I just believed it because Florida be crazy. That was like a year ago. Oh, never mind. I'm just kidding. Um, I have no idea when it was, but I just wanted to, okay, I just wanted to say well, you were young. it was bitch. like, <laughs> well, I mean, it was like two years ago, so I don't know if that calculates correctly because either Nika was like 21 and still in high school or <laughs> we're learning some new things. Y'all know I didn't go to college. High school was really hard. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't go to college, but I did do high school twice. Um. The same thing. <laughs> okay, so let's get down to business. Let's go back in time to July 2019 or 65 years ago feeling in this small town called Loretta, Tennessee. It's south of Nashville, very small population of like 1,700 people. And one day, their police station just put out this notice on Facebook that said, 
that early this morning, they served a search warrant. And inside that home, they found Andy Perry attempting to flush methamphetamines along with several items of paraphernalia down the toilet. He was unsuccessful. He was then arrested for possession of meth and for selling meth and for drug paraphernalia, et cetera, et cetera. And then that was followed by saying, folks, please don't flush your drugs, okay? When you send something down the sewer pipe, it ends up in our retention ponds for processing before it is sent downstream. Now, our sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than what is in the creek, but they are not really prepared for meth. Duck, geese, and other fowl frequent our treatment ponds, and we shudder to think what one all hyped up on meth would do. Furthermore, if it made it far enough, we could create meth gators in Shoal Creek and the Tennessee River down in North Alabama. Meth gators. I'm sorry. So... The police posted that on their Facebook. First of all, I want to clarify. I assume that this was in Florida because meth gators sound like a Florida thing. Nope. So I just find that hilarious. Two, the police posted this on their official Facebook page. Well, I just wanted to say importantly that I think what is missing in the American police force is more jokes. Ugh. I was just about to complain about that. Thank you, Gabby, for saying that. I, like, this man really just cracked his knuckles after busting someone for meth and said, you know what? Let's make it, Let's make a lighthearted joke out of this. No one ever makes lighthearted jokes out of something that's serious. No one <laughs> on this podcast does stuff like that. But I guess we're also not the police. We should yeah, be clear that absolutely. we are not police. We're not police. I'm not, not police. I don't have the responsibility of police. So we're not police. We're not scientists. We're not psychologists. We're nothing. We're not really. doctors. But anyway, so after this was posted, they obviously got a lot of media inquiries from people around the world being like, yo, what the heck is a meth gator? Is that a real thing? Uh, <laughs> and then a few days later, <laughs> they posted like, Hey, guys, um, that was a joke. <laughs> this is really funny joke. That was a funny joke. But the BBC had talked to the mayor of the town who was just like, I can't go anywhere now without hearing something about meth gators. And he said that, you know, it was clearly a joke, but the humor might have been lost on some people outside of the region because that was a sophisticated meth gator joke that a lot of people <laughs> wouldn't have gotten <laughs> i mean it's plausible though is the thing you know like it's i feel believable. like it is plausible also what kills me is the okay about mm-kay. not flushing your drugs like okay <laughs> winky face just keep them in your apartment with a bunch of but i would say okay if you're trying not to get arrested for drugs probably flush them down the toilet i mean they do make a good point though that okay here's what i'll say here's what i'll say say it gabby that what will you say? <laughs> here is what I'm going to say. Gonna, nobody knows what Gabby's going to say. <laughs> here is what I'm here. I've said it so much. I don't remember what I was going to say, but they did. Okay. They did in that Facebook post, they did make a good point. Maybe less about meth gators, but more about like meth geese, mm. like meth ducks, meth fowl. Geese Can you are imagine? insane. Yeah. A goose on meth. No, thank you. That's almost scarier than an alligator, yeah, in real. my opinion. That's my soapbox moment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing. But there have been, you know, animals around the world, obviously, as Taylor told us, that have been up on some drugs. 
in the article from the BBC about these meth gators, they had mentioned there was another scandal in a nearby state, Alabama, a meth incident in Alabama where there was a squirrel that they think was on meth that was being kept in this dude's home and then the squirrel attacked the dude. The squirrel did not give a fatal blow, but and they also didn't really know how to check the squirrel for meth, but it was showing some like methy behavior. Methy so behavior. what they did was they just release the squirrel into the wild. So who knows? There might still be a meth squirrel out there. They did say, so in the articles that I was reading, it was saying that like the, co- well, this is in the event of cocaine, but like it shouldn't have stayed in his, it doesn't stay in their systems for that long. But that's just, that's cocaine. So I don't know about meth and squirrels. I don't know how wily this squirrel is. Like, I don't know if he had connects or something and could keep getting his meth. But... <laughs> There's also, there is a study in the UK and they found cocaine and ketamine in some freshwater shrimp. Oh. Let me tell you, you don't make those into popcorn shrimp. You make those into popper's shrimp. <laughs> oh my God. <gosh. laughs> that was good. Lol, lol, lol. And here's the thing. Okay. Duck, geese, squirrels, shrimps. Okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense that they could potentially be on drugs of drugs that are accidentally put into the water system or whatever. But the thing about a gator is gators can weigh up to like a thousand pounds, which means they would need to ingest a lot of meth to get high. How much meth? Well, I couldn't figure that out because when I typed into Google, how much meth (laughs) is too much meth? All that came up was the suicide hotline number. So alas, I didn't figure it out. But It would just be hard for the gators to get high enough to do any damage, you know, because also the meth would be diluted in the water. So and also gators notoriously just they don't drink enough water. You know, they're always dehydrated. That's what their skin skin is so scaly. (laughs) Yeah, that's why their skin's so dry is because they don't drink enough water. We both saw it and we went for it. I love it. So Anyway, so I just wanted to set the record straight because everyone was wondering, are meth gators real? And they aren't, okay? This is important journalistic like ventures. I'm really, really happy, Gabby, that yeah. you opened up about this today and put the work in. I think people just witnessed some journalism happen. So you're welcome. Thank you, you're Gabby. You're welcome. No problem. (laughs) So as Nika mentioned, it was really surprising that this story was set in the state of Tennessee because it does sound like a very Floridian story because Florida is filled with crazy things that happen. And yes, I'm stereotyping the whole state, but you know what? Sorry, sue me. Sue me, Florida. Come at me. (laughs) But Nika actually does have a story in Florida. So that is the segue into Nika telling us about something crazy. Oh, yeah. Actually, crazy is the bad is not an appropriate word to use for this story. So I I will say something bizarre happened. (laughs) Yes, Gabby, thank you so much. So I have a little bit of a fascination with Florida because it is just such a strange little place, in my opinion. You have like the bottom, which is very Latino, but then Central Florida is like insanely white supremacist and then you have everything in between it's just fascinating um so we're gonna go over to uh jupiter florida 
And we're going to go all the way back to August 15th, 2016, which 2016 is actually the year I did graduate high school. So I was graduating high school when this happened. Amazing. But the meth gators hadn't happened yet. No, no. So I'm still questioning your timeline, Nika. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Laughs nervously. Um, Okay. So I'm actually underage. No, I'm kidding. Um, So it's August 15th, 2016. And... This this is a crazy story. Martin County Sheriff deputies, they pull up to the home of a couple living in, as I said, Jupiter, Florida, because a neighbor had made a really intense 911 call saying that someone was being attacked and that he had been stabbed. Okay, we're going okay. for it. So immediately the sheriffs, they noticed something is wrong because there is a huge trail of blood going down the driveway from the garage. So they enter the garage and right in front of the garage, they find 19-year-old Austin Haroof on top of a 59-year-old John Stevens. And Austin was biting John's face off Uh, and growling. uh, Uh Yep, neck and face. Uh -uh. Now Michelle... John's wife was nearby and she had been beaten and was unresponsive, unconscious, probably dead. Oh, they tried to no. get Austin off of John's body, but he refused. And they literally had to tase him, kick him in the head multiple times, and actually wait for a law enforcement dog to come and to get Austin off of him because the dog was literally biting Austin's arms, trying to get him off of John. And he resisted intensely. It's insane. Like he was on, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but it was just absolutely bananas. There was a point when Austin literally yelled, just kill me. And it was just a really intense, terrible struggle. And I know this because I saw like a seven minute YouTube video of the sheriff describing the incident uh. and going through the garage and showing exactly where things happened. So let's go back a little bit. So there is a 911 phone call available to listen where Mina, Austin's mom, called prior to this attack. So apparently what had happened is Austin and his father were out for dinner and Austin just took off. It seems like he had been acting strange pretty recently. His mom was worried about him. His sister was also kind of worried about him. And he and his father got into an argument and he left the restaurant with no ID, just a pocket knife. And he left on foot and then somehow stumbled into Michelle and John's neighborhood. And they were outside. Just fleeing dinner. I know. Yeah, very strange. Like, why would you want to leave a good, you know, restaurant, good suburban restaurant, good Applebee's, you know? A good Applebee's. Get those apple teenies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, post-pandemic, I want to finally go to an Applebee's. <laughs> That's she- what you've been waiting for this whole <laughs> <Yes>. time. <laughs> Now, Mina also told the 911 operator that he had been saying very weird things, like he felt immortal, he felt invincible, he said he had superhero powers, and this was very worrying for her. Austin's case is really fascinating and has a lot to do with mental health and mental illness, and I just think his family saw signs for a while, for a couple of months, and maybe just didn't react in time. So this is what happened. He grew up in... Florida in Palm Beach Gardens and his parents got divorced when he was 14 but he had a pretty good upbringing according to his family they were like you know middle class middle to upper class kind of he had good grades he wanted to be a doctor his grandfather was a doctor and um he was during his sophomore year at FSU he was in a fraternity his friends mentioned that he was kind of weird kind of off like maybe he lacked some social skills but for the most part everything seemed normal so 
he was home for the summer when the incident happened. And all of that year, the year 2016, he was just acting a little bit strange. So authorities were able to do a deep dive into his internet history and his laptop and his phone. And what they found was disturbing. He was writing things that just seemed kind of delusional, kind of like strange. He had a YouTube channel where he would post exercise tips. It seems that he was really into bodybuilding, covers of songs, original rap songs, and rants. Is that weird? I feel like I've posted all of those things (laughs) online before. Lovingly, Gabby, I don't know. I will say I think all of us struggle with mental illness. So, you know, I'd be talking to Instagram stories as if I have, you know, like an audience and I don't. So I think we all have our own thing. Taylor, I don't know. I guess you'd be talking to Gus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know she does, actually. But yeah, he it's he like is quoted in some of the videos saying things like I've got a psycho side and a normal side or like he would freestyle rap and he would mention stabbing people in his lyrics. Also, good to note, he had started that YouTube account five months prior to the killings and he posted most of the videos just a month before he stormed out of the restaurant and attacked the couple. So things were snowballing, it seems like. Things were snowballing, precisely. Also, one of his, because you can listen, like you can watch these videos and you can listen to them. It's really interesting. And one of his rap songs, the cover is like of like evil SpongeBob. And it's like one of those like extremely edited memes. And I was just like, oh my gosh, he's just like us. I be sending SpongeBob <laughs> memes. Yeah. Anyway, also something to note is that um, his internet search history was kind of strange too. He was Googling things like how to know if you're going crazy, obsessive thoughts, how to sell my soul to the devil, how to be happier or more likable, characteristics of a great person. In one essay in 2014, he wrote, what I want to be is to become more confident and social. Um, He also said, I also want to be more well-known because right now I feel as though I am unknown. In another essay, he was quoted saying that he didn't want to be worshipped, but he felt like it was going to happen regardless, which, okay. He's felt like he was destined to be a leader of some sort. I th- Yeah, I think so. I think that sometimes when you, and I'll get more into it, but sometimes when you experience stuff like mania or manic episodes, you feel like you're on top of the world. You feel like, and you have delusions of grandeur at times. And it seems like maybe he was suffering from something severe that made him feel this way. Yeah. This also feels really similar to our, this one true crime series that I worked on about someone, I mean, someone in a similar case where it's kind of like you have these symptoms coming on that are really similar to like, you know, a variety of different mental illnesses, but then it's like really hard to like go back in time and actually piece together what that mental illness is because it's like really prescriptive and it's very complicated. It is. And also like, I think of how hard it is to note these things in people because you don't really, it's hard to tell whether someone's being manic or whether they're just excited, you know? It's hard to tell. And sometimes people go through phases, you know? You don't know if maybe his family, they were just thinking, oh, he's just kind of going through a phase or like, oh, he's just posting these things like, you know, for fun or as a way of creative expression. Like, I I feel like they just did not see it coming, which is terrifying, you know, to look back on. 
So uh, on the day of the killings, also, this is important to note, it seems like Austin's delusions were pivoting from grandeur and feeling like a superhero to he was Googling characteristics of a centaur. And his sister actually mentioned that he had told her that he believed he had powers and that he also believed he was half animal. He had also looked up dog spirits, and it seemed like he believed he was half dog and he was protected by dog spirits around him. His dad also, there was a Dr. Phil episode, and in that episode, his dad mentioned that their family does have a history of schizophrenia, which could be what had happened to Austin. So they take him to a hospital because he's unconscious, that like they had to pull him away by sheer force, and he was not, you know, backing off of this guy's face. They obviously arrest him. There was a rumor that went around that he had eaten bath salts or was on drugs, but his toxicology report came back negative, except for the meds that they gave him in the hospital. So it was not drug use. So he spends weeks in the hospital just recovering and then eventually goes to jail to await his trial. He was charged with two counts of first-degree murder and one account of attempted murder for stabbing the neighbor when the neighbor tried to save John and Michelle. So <laughs> I've, I did find this kind of crazy. Um, while he's in jail, PETA actually found out about his case and they sent in a request to the sheriff's office asking that he be put on a vegan diet while he was in jail, which I just found funny. <laughs> I just find like, well, it's so PETA random. back off dudes. <laughs> PETA's like, Oh, I know what will cure him a vegan diet. And listen, I love PETA, but I don't think a vegan diet is what will help this person. Yeah, it's like what? a lot more complex and like the reason they wanted he wanted to eat a human's face is because he hadn't embraced veganism yet. They're just like cannibalism. Let me pull up real quick. It's because you eat meat. Anyway, so his attorneys decide to use the insanity plea in his case. And so obviously he had to go through a lot of psychological evalu- evaluations while awaiting his trial. Now, I went through his most recent one, which was in 2019, and the psychiatrist did deem him legally insane when he attacked the couple. The psychiatrist also said that Austin experienced an acute psychotic episode. So apparently from all of his interviews and the time spent with Austin, and this is in 2019 now that this was done. Remember the the actual act happened in 2016. Austin mentions that he was seeing things like an all black figure with a white face. And Austin also mentions that when he attacked Michelle, it was like she had a darkness all over that he had to attack, basically. He also admitted to feeling like he had powers. And again, he said himself that he felt like he was half dog and half man. In the report, he also states that he felt kind of isolated growing up and not accepted. It seemed like he had really low confidence and he was never happy with himself. And and this is a really interesting tidbit of information that I feel like could be connected to his psychotic episode. He started using a lot of drugs in 2016, like from weed to meth to cocaine to Adderall. Here's what's interesting about this. So he started all of these drugs, which obviously can do a lot to your system especially if you might have, you know, mental illness in your family. But then he suddenly quit in August, which, as we know, the attacks happened in August. He sent his mom a text telling her that he quit every drug because they made him vulnerable to evil. He sent her that text a couple of days before the attack happened. 
it seemed like he got super religious and reported feeling like Jesus, just invincible, and he like he was fighting dark forces. And I can't help but wonder if his immediate break from drugs could have spurred on a psychotic episode, question mark. And, you know, we, we're not, again, we're not doctors. We don't know this. I just cannot imagine his system being so overwhelmed with all of, you know, these chemicals and then suddenly stopping could have caused like the withdrawal problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, regardless of what directly caused it, it seems like he was going through a lot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he was experiencing obviously extreme paranoia. He said that he would hear things. He couldn't sleep at night. Like it was, it was bad. And when Dr. Phil interviewed him, he mentions having no recollection of the attack. And there's like a video of him in jail during this interview. And he's just like sobbing because he can't believe what he did. You know, that's really Um, sad to like not even be able to remember or know that that's something that you did. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the psychiatrist recommended that if they if he is found to be insane, according to the court, that they transport him to a mental hospital against it's like whether he wants to or not. That's well, that's where he'll be because he is a danger to himself and to those around him. Essentially, he had a trial in 2020. Finally, it was set for May, but I think it might have been moved because of COVID. So I'm not sure what his status is other than, yes, he is still in jail, obviously, and either he'll go to jail if he's not deemed insane, according to the court, or he will go to a mental hospital. Yeah, it's interesting because I've heard about this story mentioned from time to time as just like a ha-ha, this cannibal in Florida, ha-ha. But yep, as usual, once you get into the nuances into it, you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) It is a really sad, hard, tragic story. And I mean... Obviously, there's no excuse for what he did, but also you have to address the fact that this was mental illness, like severe mental illness. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was heavy. It was heavy. And after the break, we'll we'll be a little less heavy, God willing. And if the creek don't rise. All right. We'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. Here's another thing we're going to talk about. Another hoax, but related to cannibalism, which I now feel like is a vaguely inappropriate tangent based on the sad story about mental health that had happened. But some cannibalism did happen. So we're going to talk a little bit about cannibalism. So I love some cannibalism stories. But, okay, it's also, we're doing some cross-promotion right now, so, so sorry, but our company just put out a podcast called Astray, and, yeah, it's pretty good. It's I so worked good. on it. It's so good. All You'll hear me for hot. a sentence saying something kind of stupid, but as the producer, I feel like that's fine. That's my role. And the reason I bring it up is because when we were doing the podcast, we met this guy who... Caroline Slaughter, the host, interviewed a few times, and his name's Michael Yan, and his hobby is cannibal hunting. Such a hobby. Yeah, it's his hobby. That's something that he does, and specifically, he's done it in reference to 
going to India and having encounters with this type of sadhu, which is a holy man in Hinduism. They're called the Aghori. It's a very, very small sect of people. And they actually do eat deceased bodies. So dead corpses, they find them in the river Ganges, which is uh, considered a holy river. I think it's like 3,000 bodies are thrown into the Ganges every year. And they'll like fish lot. out some of the bodies, yeah. And they'll like eat parts of them. What? Why are they in the? In the why are they there? The agori or the bodies? The bodies. The bodies. Well, because the river is considered holy, um, it is thought that it kind of, if you toss a body into the river, it will like purify ah. it. It will make you. I forget exactly what it's called, but it is something about purification of the spirit if you throw a dead body in there. It is now apparently illegal to throw bodies in it, but lots of people still do it, obviously. But ironically, you would then potentially get eaten? Yes, by an agori. Probably, I mean, I really doubt they eat 3,000 bodies a year, but they do eat some bodies, some bodies a year. And there's some like pretty visceral descriptions in the podcast that you can, you know, listen to it to hear them. But there's like this one where, um, so Michael Yon, the cannibal hunter, he, he saw an agori actually eat a man one time. And then he also oh, was well, described, he described this also this really haunting image, which was, um, an agori who used a dead dog carcass as a pillow no. for months. No. And the reason, they do this um, the way that Michael describes it in the podcast. He says that they believe God created everything right and the God or the gods are perfect. Therefore, everything is perfect in the world. Therefore, if you're disgusted by anything, you're disgusted by God and you should seek to overcome everything that disgusts you uh, Just seek to overcome the emotion of disgust. So basically, it's just like doing all the most taboo shit um, is really in service of, you know, the gods because... The gods made the world perfect. So if you're disgusted, you're you're a bad person. I kind of hear that like when eating ass for the first time. Oh. <laughs> um, but I feel like healthy boundaries. Mm, question mark. Yeah. And like, you know, I, there's a lot of other complicated things wrapped up in like what the Agori believe. But they do. These are cannibals who be existing for real. But while we were doing research for Astray, Michael at one point sent us this website of a secret cannibalistic society in Los Angeles. It would be LA. Ugh. It's the most organic thing to eat. It's human. Just eat yourself, guys. And it's kind of funny because they claim members like Katy Perry, Chelsea Clinton, Anderson Cooper, and Meryl Streep are all part of this cannibalistic society. But it was, you know, it's pretty easy to prove that this all was made up. It's all fake. Like, you know, the it was funny because they have like a staff page and it's really easy to find the pictures of the staff. People are just like Getty images. It's also like the the website's IP number traces back to this phone number that's known for scams. So it's not real. This is all a hoax. But for a minute there, I was really convinced it was a real thing because I was like, L.A., these fancy people in L.A., yeah, they're like eating people. Gabby, you're just hoax breaking. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted to. So the, basically like the the their mission statement, because it's bas- basically like a dining experience, the Cannibal Club specializing in the preparation of human meat. The Cannibal Club brings the cutting edge of experimental cuisine to the refined palates mm-hmm. of L.A.'s cultural okay. elite. <laughs> Which is hilarious. 
LA sometimes I'm just like you need to go be on your own <laughs> I mean it says something about LA where like for a second I was like oh I mean probably there's yeah. like, probably like this tracks this makes sense <laughs> this tracks but yeah so their menu you know they said that they are collaborating with visiting cooks from around the world because you know there's just so many cooks out Gordon there Ramsay's um, like I'm coming for that to cook for that and the meat we serve is selected from the young and healthy. Oh, okay. I remember this conspiracy, though. I remember this conspiracy because my friend told me about it. She's like, Hillary Clinton eats eats babies. Like, well, that- it's not Hillary. It's her daughter. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> my point is, though, this was like a big conspiracy, and I just remember kind of looking at my friends and being like, hmm? "What?" <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like QAnon adjacent. Oh yeah. But each dish. They say it's a it's an an homage to the dead who are reborn into the bodies of their customers. Well, that would be worse if you ate an alive body, though. Like if it came back alive, I'm not a fan. Absolutely. Um, well, what I and again another thing about LA is what I will say that it's so hard to divide like hoax from real because that's a hoax, but it is a real thing to take your own blood and then put it in a um oh a vial. I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> Take your own blood and put it in a vial and then have it separated and then inject the blood back inside of you because apparently it makes you look younger. Like literally that's the thing that they do. And it's like you hear that and you're like, no, that's that's not a thing that they do in LA. They do it all the time. I've been wanting to do it. It's called a vampire facial. <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. But here's the other suspicious thing. It's like somebody went out of their way to like create this hoax, create this like weird menu and this whole theory that it was a thing. Yeah, some people have free time, you know? <laughs> that's the problem. You as a producer I mean, don't understand that, Taylor. Mm. That's the problem with the Industrial Revolution is that it gave laborers free time. So okay. then you make a cannibal, a fake cannibal restaurant website. Gabby you know, comes that's... out as anti-union in this <laughs> podcast, everyone. <laughs> I'm against the union. That's, you know, I think we should just go back to 14-hour days. Gabby's <laughs> Gabby's like also children's labor like children should have never gotten rights to begin (laughs) okay here's this is a good point though like if we had never gotten rid of the every hour of the day work day then we wouldn't have QAnon think about that think about that conspiracy (laughs) Gabby's like I'm just coming up with conspiracies all on my own on the fly that's how conspiracy people sound though they'll literally be like hey so you know Kim Kardashian and then like somehow trace it all back to and that's like why they're child trafficking in like Wayfair (laughs) online did you guys remember that that was weird yeah (laughs) like Wayfair online sex traffickers I I don't know okay (laughs) but here are some on this fake menu I mean they say a normal penne pasta with meat sauce, but, you know, special meat. They also have a placenta lasagna. Mm-mm. Women do eat their own placenta. Yeah, they do. So I guess that is cannibalism. But don't do it as a surprise. Okay, now that I'm looking at the menu, because it's penne pasta with meat sauce, sirloin steak, liver and mushroom, pierogies, placenta lasagna, and Mrs. Lovett's meat pies. Now that I'm looking at this, I think the way you could disprove this conspiracy theory, this hoax, is that that is too many carbs for LA's elite to oh. go <laughs> Yeah, where's the poke bowls? Exactly. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think that is the most... Now looking at this, I'm like, yeah, this, this is fake because they wouldn't be having any of that bread. Maybe the that's sirloin true. steak, Gabby, but... You are genius. Katy Perry would not have like a meat pie. 
She wouldn't. Like, I mean, they're all so frail and skinny there. You can't have any carbs. <laughs> you can't do that. That's crazy. <sighs> wow. Another hoax disproven by Gabby. <laughs> like the one Love that was it. already disproved, I disproved it. Again. Double Again. disprovement. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good job, Gabby. Thank you. Wow. I feel really smart. Okay. So this is another Gabby too much today. I'm sorry. <laughs> we did. Okay. So guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Nika Taylor. Any last closing thoughts? Mm, no. Mm, just thinking about that placenta much lasagna. To think about. Yeah. <laughs> placenta lasagna. Uh, maybe like a placenta like grain bowl. That feels more accurate. This feels but. more real. So mm-hmm. those are my notes for this website. Avocado mm-hmm. toast. With a uh, gallbladder. So <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to Cadaver Gals. And uh, you'll hear from us next week. Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals is a podcast produced by School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It's made by me, Gabby Watts, Nika Duarte, and Taylor Church. You can follow us on the internet on Instagram and Twitter at Cadaver Gals. See you next time, suckers. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.